Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to the Mads World Sobriety and Dating Special. I recently celebrated 100 days sober and thought it only appropriate to offer a little more insight to you guys as to why I chose to go sober, and also I thought it was great timing for Dry Jan in the UK. Please know that in this episode, I will be discussing mental health and addiction issues, which might be potentially triggering for some people. If you are struggling with any of these issues yourself, please reach out to one of the services linked in the episode description. As you can understand, sharing such a personal and difficult journey with you guys requires a lot of vulnerability, so there are parts of the story that are intentionally left out or scaled back as I'm not ready to tell them in such a public sphere. After accomplishing 100 days, I've decided to stay sober as much as I can moving forward. The reason I initially chose to embark on this journey is because slowly but surely the London bubble of drinking culture took over my life and left me at a loss with who I really was. I was drinking far too much, sometimes for days on end without sleep, pushing away the people I love who cared most about me and putting myself in potentially dangerous situations. My self-care was plummeting, even at a basic level like remembering to brush my teeth. The days I spent sober were spent in turmoil with spiralling thoughts of embarrassment, flashbacks, loneliness and fear. I've battled with anxiety and depression in the past and the amount I was drinking combined with lockdown in London brought all these issues to the surface again. After many failed attempts to moderate, for example, just going to the pub for one or two pints and ending up on a bender, I decided to try total abstinence. People are always asking me, what was the turning point? Where was rock bottom? However, as Catherine Gray describes in her book, The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, there wasn't one point of rock bottom in my ocean. It was a series of ocean floor shelves going deeper and deeper. Sometimes you hit a point you think is your lowest, only to find you've hit even lower the following week. It was a gradual demise with failed attempts at moderation, combined with friends showing concern and sitting me down for sensitive yet textbook chats about my behaviour. Despite denying any wrongdoing, sometimes just laughing off their attempts and insisting to myself that everyone in London is the same, we're all going through this, it's lockdown, blah, 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 I now appreciate everyone's efforts more than they know. Total abstinence for me has been far easier than moderation. Without lowering my inhibitions that small amount with just one or two drinks, I've been able to avoid romanticising the idea of just sipping a G&T in a beer garden and dismantle the fantasy of having a few red wines with the girls. It's just not something I believe I'm capable of. The first month was incredibly challenging. In fact, the first weekend was very challenging. Forcing myself to engage in social situations that normally require alcohol, such as dating, which I'll get into a bit later with uh, my guest Angus, 
It was a lot more difficult when I had less sober days under my belt. It would have been very easy to say, oh, well, I'm only seven days in. If I give up now, it won't be too hard to start again. And there were some dates and drinks with friends in the first month where I was very close to failure. However, as the time passed and I celebrated small wins, it became a lot easier to handle the fact I wasn't drinking. I categorically knew I didn't drink and would plan accordingly, like a vegetarian knows they don't eat meat or a gluten-free person accepts they just can't have KFC. I'd inform the people I was spending time with up front that I wouldn't be drinking and why, both to make myself accountable but also to allow them to adjust before I arrived and to avoid dealing with any pressure to cave in. For example, if they had a glass of Prosecco already poured out for me or that kind of thing. I was concerned I'd miss out on things or lose friends if I wasn't able to be on the same level as them socially. However, the effect has actually been the opposite. I began to strengthen my relationships and repair them where needed. I became a much more caring and affectionate person, the kind of person that actually tidies up before having guests over and makes sure everyone has a tea or coffee. I just didn't think I was that kind of person until I actually tried being sober and I've really surprised myself. I could feel my cognitive ability improving and I regained a creativity I hadn't known since high school before I started drinking. My mood and mental health improvements meant that rather than daydreaming about creative projects, I actually did them. I started writing every day, drawing, reading poetry, going to art galleries, and my brain was just soaking it all up. I felt so fulfilled and excited about all the things I'd been missing out on due to the hangover-induced heavy metal anxiety concerts going on in my head all the time. I had so much creative energy to channel into something amazing, Exhibit A, this podcast you're listening to right now. I realized it was talking to people, listening to music, experiencing new things that I loved rather than the alcohol itself. And nobody needed to be shepherding me around while I was half engaged in their conversation, not being able to sing the words to my favorite song because I was so drunk or focusing on the next drink rather than enjoying what was actually happening around me. The final month of my 100-day challenge was different. I found the physical act of not drinking very simple, just an unambiguously direct and explicit action. I was grappling with the decision of what to do on my 100th day, which coincidentally turned out to be New Year's Eve, that I struggled with the most was having to accept the fact that I may never be able to drink again, and the fantasy of moderation was slipping away as the day drew closer and closer. On the hundredth day, I swung back and forth all day about it, whether to test the waters and have a drink or just continue with what I'd been working so hard at. I had a realisation that if I could enjoy the last 100 days in their entirety, and the only periods of sadness or FOMO were in the lead-up to a party, not while I was actually there, I could continue this journey one day at a time. The feeling of inexplicable joy the following morning of January 1st at my achievement is something I'm still carrying with me now. I might slip up, will probably feel pretty ashamed of it, and I'm not quite ready to accept that I may never have a drink again, but when I inevitably do make a mistake or have a relapse, it takes the pressure off so much knowing that I've nurtured the relationships around me and I trust that the people who've helped me through this experience will still be there for me. The last thing I want to do before we jump into our chat with our guest is give you some questions to ponder in your own time. They're not accusatory, just more to get you thinking about the way that you approach drinking in your own life. Have you ever done something you never thought you would do while intoxicated? What's the worst thing you've ever done while drunk? How do you feel after drinking? Does it make you feel better after the first two drinks? How about five drinks or ten drinks? Can you afford to drink as much as you do? Does drinking result in doing other things that harm your body? Do you usually do things you regret while drunk? Do you wallow in embarrassment the following day? Have you fucked up any personal relationships? And what's the worst thing you broke or damaged while intoxicated? Your phone? Your leg? 
it's been the most liberating and mentally challenging experience of my life going sober. I'm not afraid to share the story with you all as it's something I'm very proud of. Joining me up next is Angus for a chat about sober dating. Sober since October 2019, Angus has put his cocaine addiction and drug dealing behind him. Angus runs a podcast of his own called Sober Diaries, where he discusses addiction, sobriety, and the UK's fucked up drinking culture. Enjoy. Hello, Angus. Hello. How are you? I am tired. <laughs> tired. Yeah. Where, what have you been doing all day? Have you been at work? Oh, I've just been doing lots of random odd jobs. Random odd jobs. Admin work. Love that for a Sunday. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be getting ready for for the big, you know, the first Monday of the year. Love that. And I think as well, at least you're not, you're not hungover. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, let's jump straight into our speed date round so that listeners at home can get a bit more of an idea of um, who you are. So did you want to tell me a little bit more about the work you do with encouraging others to stay sober? So I have a few different mediums. Um, I have a podcast, which I think you've listened to, Mm -hmm. called Sober Diaries. Uh, I'm currently in kind of planning stages for Sober Diaries 2, which um, will hopefully kind of be as well received as the first one. Um, I also kind of have a a WhatsApp group with people who are sober or sober curious or or just need kind of general support from this this aspect of of in this aspect of their life. Um, And we also have a uh, an Instagram, which is at Let's Talk Sobriety. Awesome. I can link that in the um, episode description for everybody as well. So yeah, that's that's all really great. And um, because this is a dating podcast, I think it's relevant to ask how long have you been single or in a relationship? I have been single since I was 21. So I'm 26 now. 26 now. Cool. And then how long how long have you been sober? Uh 15 months. 15 months. Good mm, on you. Thank you very much. That is a that is a stint. How was passing <laughs> one year mark? How did that make you feel? One year was big. It was very big. Um and yeah. unfortunately the kind of restrictions in the UK didn't allow me to do much. No, it was it, it was kind of it was a long time coming. I always knew I'd get to the year. Um but I think there was a lot yeah. of people who who didn't or we're just kind of waiting to to see that I think one year is a real statement. Yeah. You know, everyone can go, okay, I'm going to be sober for a bit and do a month or um, a few months. But I think especially if you knew me back <laughs> before I was sober, uh, a year is, is a real a real statement of, of intent, I think. Yeah, 100%. Congratulations so much. That's, yeah, that's incredible. And I think um, I discussed this uh, previously in my little essay that I've written about um, what it was like to go sober. And I think once you hit certain milestones, there is something inside you that sort of switches and um yeah you find the motivation to stay sober a lot I wouldn't say easier it's it's difficult in different ways but yeah no that's really impressive good on how, you how how sober are you how, how long have you been sober uh so 103 days so new year's eve was Ooh. my 100th day which is yeah yeah very exciting so um sick well done thank you yeah i um yeah, it was a, a weird day because I, I was wondering, I, initially this was a 100-day a challenge for me and um, I was just seeing, like putting myself to the test and I went through and faced a lot of demons and that sort of thing right before I decided to go complete like teetotal, total abstinence and everything and yeah, I was deciding whether or not to have a drink on New Year's and then um, yeah, went through that whole process which was really hard but managed to um, yeah, stay sober and I woke up the next day just feeling absolutely incredible and um, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So how often would you say that you go on dates then? Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot. A lot. A lot. Awesome. Um, I, love, I love a date. Yeah, I'm a proper I, – I love dates. Wonderful. Well, this is a dating podcast. <laughs> uh, good. Well, I'm glad I'm in the right place. Um, but, yeah, I love dates now because it's, it's a lot more fun mm. being – 
doing sober dates. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more variety. There's a lot, and I kind of, I really have to challenge myself because for me, I know I'm not drinking. I, I know that kind of um, a lot of people I will go on a date with may have a drink um, mm-hmm. and that might be fun for them to kind of go to the pub and then, you know, they get to meet me. Obviously, it's going to be fun mm-hmm. for them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they might have a drink and, and that might kind of be enough for them. Whereas I'm, you know, I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. I don't just want to keep going to the pub and go for a drink and, or not have a drink and go to, for some food. I'd rather, I want to spice things up. So yeah. I like to go for, I like to do activities. I like to go out and do cool shit and do do stuff that I haven't done before. Um, so dating is a, a fun way to do that. Yes, definitely. And I think um, this is something I definitely realized in my first month of being sober. So I went on my very first sober, completely sober date a couple of weeks in. I just threw myself into the ring and said, if I can stay sober on this date, like this is going to make things way easier for me. So I went to this board game bar up in, I think it's in, in Dalston, Um I'll have to yeah find out the name and put it in the episode description but it was such a good thing to kind of rather than focusing on that next drink and that next um yeah like waiting for who's going to get the next drink what are you going to order blah 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 to have something else to speak about and to focus on so we played like operation we played battleships it was really nice yeah it's um a good one is bowling I like I mean I love bowling anyway bowling um axe throwing I've been doing recently um even just kind of in the summer I was doing a bunch of park dates which is really nice just picnics and you know a bit of music and it's it's you get to see a whole different side of someone as well which is is a I think is a good thing what would you say your usual type of girl is I don't know I don't think I have a type I think I look for certain things but I wouldn't say that they added up to a type what what kind of things would you look for I look for things I like someone who gets Mm -hmm. my humor if they don't it's normally a bad sign because my humor, like that is something I'm very kind of, I will just (laughs) chat a lot of shit and try and make people laugh. And if it's not working, (laughs) it's quite, you know, if if my humor doesn't amuse you, it's normally not a good sign. Um, But yeah, I like someone who, who likes my humor. And I also like someone with that bit of, you know, with their own sense of humor, who, who kind of makes me laugh. Bit of spunk about them. Exactly. Someone with a bit of, um, but, you know, it's putting me in my place is a good thing as oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whip you into line. <laughs> Mummy issues. <laughs> if, I say, <laughs> if I say something a bit a bit kind of big-headed, I like someone to go, calm down. You know, you're not – and, and just yeah. really, really kind of don't fall for all my bullshit, basically. Yeah. No, that's – yeah, love that. And I love that Um, we're getting something different now that you're the first straight guy on the podcast. We're getting something <laughs> different than tall, dark, and handsome for once. Fair play, yeah. um (laughs) but yeah so um I wanted to ask as well so this this question doesn't normally come up in speed date round but has have you found that your usual type has changed since becoming sober I think um whereas before there would be a big incompatibility with someone if they didn't like drinking if they didn't like doing drugs um Mm. so that would never have worked before and it's now it's Mm -hmm. kind of uh, uh more of the opposite so if there's someone with who you know, really enjoys kind of getting on it and, and going out and partying and, and really drinking heavily and using drugs a lot. It's generally, mm. it's not compatible. And um, I think that's, yeah. that's the main kind of flip that I've seen. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think um, in, yeah, in the same sort of vein, um, something that's changed massively for me is needing the person to be able to deliver on the conversation and deliver on those interesting topics and, you know, like be able to make me laugh and everything because you don't have alcohol as that sort of social lubricant where if, you know, there's any awkward moments or if you're not really finding anything to speak about, it's, um, yeah, it's it can be quite awkward. So I think, 100%. yeah, on sober dates, you really need them to deliver. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, so I think I actually surprise a lot of people. I don't always, 
you know, I don't, I don't often kind of lead with, I don't drink by the way. Um, so mm. it would, ha- it would only be once we're on the date. And sometimes I can be two or three mm. drinks in, I'll be drinking non-alcoholic beer and they won't even know that it's non-alcoholic beer. Cause I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be getting the drinks or something. <laughs> and then, then it will come up and they go, really? But you're so bubbly and you're so, you've got so much energy. It seems like you're having a drink. So I think for me, mm. I, I've never needed, and it was, it was really nice to kind of actually to find out and to work out that I don't, I never needed the alcohol to, to kind of bring out my personality. My personality was always mm-hmm. there. Um, and yeah. I think, yeah, it surprises some people. Yeah. And you know what, as well, um, a lot of people sort of think, oh, without booze, like I'm not going to be as funny. I'm not going to be as charming and that kind of thing. And it's become really apparent that you're only more charming to yourself and you're only more funny to yourself and it's all internalized. But that external person that you're projecting isn't this charming, funny, incredible person that you think they are. Like if you're just slurring your words or you're just yelling louder or whatever, you're not actually <laughs> funnier and more charming. You're just Amen. like, Amen. yeah, you're Amen just kind of yeah. being a dick. So yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, that is the speed date round. So I hope everyone out there has kind of got a little bit of a grasp on who who you are. And um, yeah, as this is a dating podcast where we do like to have a bit of story time and share our funniest or our most tragic dating stories, I wanted to know if you have a particular story that you wanted to share with our listeners. I I've got I've got many. Um, oh yeah. Is, is it a good one or a bad one? Do you think? Um, what 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 would, what would the listeners prefer? I mean, the listeners love a bad dating story. I think we need the funniest <laughs> dating story you've got. <laughs> I can I tell you what I'll do then. I'll give you a dating story of before I got sober. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and this is it's just bad. This is just sad in my <laughs> basically. <laughs> but I uh, oh, I went on a date with this girl who I I really fancied, and we met in the pub, and I, we kind of knew each other. And then I finally managed to persuade her to go on a date with me, picked her up. And for some reason, I used to take people to my local pub um, mm. because I loved the razzmatazz of knowing everyone in the pub. <laughs> and I thought it made me look really cool if I could kind of, you know, if people were coming up to me and going, hey, Angus, what's going on? And and uh, <laughs> so I've already, I was already pretty fucked up by the time I, we met, um, drunk and I'd, I'd, you know, had a lot of coke and, and had definitely cracked on and started it <laughs> without <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> her and it's Friday night got to my local pub took the like literally picked a seat right in the middle of the pub it's a huge huge local pub anyone who is from North London will know the Mossy Well in Muswell Hill um, when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Big up. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> yeah, sat down in the, in the middle of the room and I was like, I'm going to get some drinks. What do you want? So I ordered a drink. And then about half an hour later, I made it back to the table because I'd been doing the rounds. So I went and bought the drinks and then I kind of walked around the whole pub and said hello to everyone. And she was fucking livid. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, why the fuck have you brought me here? If you ever do some shit like this again, I'm going to fucking go. Like, I'll never speak to you again. Because basically what I'd done is I sat her in the middle of the pub and then left for like half she an hour. She's checking minutes. her watch, like, hmm. So, yeah, come back with some warm drinks. And uh, I was just, oh, yeah, just saying hello to my mates. And then, you know, she 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 wasn't really best pleased. And we left. We had to leave oh, in the end. And, Angus, and I had to, no. Out to her in other ways. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, that one didn't didn't work out. Didn't go <laughs> down so well. Was this one of the many things that, that led to going sober? I hope you haven't done anything like this again. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was a. Th- a thousand things that led to going yeah. sober, but yeah, I, I guess the um, the pub that that pub was definitely yeah, one of them. just like a, a wormhole. <laughs> oh yeah, I used to go. I used to head there on like a Friday after work. Um, we're not with any plans to meet anybody, just knowing that I yeah. would see people that I knew, um, which is yeah. quite sad <laughs> when you look at it. And I'd just walk around, and they weren't my mates, so they weren't like, like my close friends. They weren't. They were just people that I knew mm-hmm. from the pub. But then I just, you know, I would convince myself I was having a great time because I was drunk and doing yeah, drugs. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I'd always end up going back to some scatty little house doing the same shit every weekend, yeah. basically with the same people talking the same bullshit mm-hmm. stories. Um, yeah. But now life is good. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've got a um a section called Left on Red and. The reason it's called Left on Red is because if somebody does leave you on red, you're left questioning everything about yourself. You're left questioning your situation, questioning your relationships, questioning your universe. So we've got some listener questions that yes. um, people have submitted uh, about sober dating for this week's show. And um, the first one we've got is what yeah. is the best sober date you've been on and why was it so good? Can I just quickly jump in? Left on mm-hmm. red, yeah, guys, the way to 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 not have that, problem is turn off your red receipts and then you're never wondering if you've been left on red and also it means you can read other people's messages without having to I do like that but also I'm just too curious I have to know (laughs) I just have to know well then you're going to be left on red then (laughs) (laughs) um best sober day I I I was thinking about this because you obviously sent Mm. me over the questions I was trying to work out my best sober day and I don't think I can Mm. pick one but I think the my whole the whole vibe of sober dating is just 
an incredible mm-hmm. one. When you've been drunk dating for, you know, in 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 air quotes, drunk dating for 10 years mm-hmm. or so. Sober dating is just so, it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've had a, a few dates with people and, and they've said, this is my, this is my first ever sober date. Yeah. Um, and they've loved it as well because it's, I think it's just, it adds, uh, you know, it's another dimension. I think there's, it's so repetitive mm-hmm. going for a drink with someone you've never met them before. You have three or four drinks, you get a bit, a bit tipsy and a bit horny and then you might kiss them and you might fuck them. Yeah. Basically, yeah. am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can swear. Go <laughs> <Okay. laughs> wild. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, fuck for that. Uh, <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, I, you know, I, and I, I'm kind of fucking bored yeah. of that being the thing because you don't really connect with anyone mm. when you date that way. Mm-hmm. You might have sex with them, but is that the goal that you're really looking for? I'm 26 now. I'm not just, I'm not looking for, mm. for, for a shag. Yeah, I can you know, and if I am, it's not hard to find. But I wouldn't even take the person on a date. Yeah, um, that's the culture in London, anyway. It's just, <laughs> exactly. it's just transactional, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But mm. I think the whole the sober dating just allows you to really go. You know, do I like this person first? Do I want to hang out with this person in a sober environment the next day in the daytime? You yeah, know? and you don't have to. It, you're not kind of worried thinking and. I think especially for me, I like it when the person I go on a date with, even if they do drink, I like it when they don't, mm. because then if they kiss me or if something does happen, it's because they've wanted it because they, they, they fancy my, my mind and they fancy my charm and my charisma. They don't, it's not the alcohol telling them that they're a bit horny and I'm quite fit. Yeah. hundred percent. So that is what I would say about, so all my sober dates are my best. Oh, love that. Yeah. I think, um, I know, lame. I, no, it's, <laughs> it's quite sweet. And I think you're so right in saying like, I loved when you said, um, you know, like it, if you want to hang out with someone the next day, because you're not going to wake up in their bed, like with your head swimming with regret and just, you know, having this awful anxi- anxious turmoil where you're like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, one of, yeah. I think the second sober date I went on in, um, maybe the second month of my hundred days sober was with this, this lovely guy called Rob. And, um, we met up at Junkyard Golf in Shoreditch, which is just nice. like, yeah, really strong. Yeah. Really cute. Yeah. Really fun. You can get like a nice little mocktail there. And, and he was like, Oh, if you're not drinking, I'm not going to drink. And we just like had so much good conversation. Like it was so much, so funny. And like, I think we both sort of knew that it was like a friend's kind of a vibe, but it was just, it was just nice. Yeah. And then we just wandered around Shoreditch, went and had a little Vietnamese on Kingsland road. And, and like, it was Lovely. just so nice to yeah to chat to someone and and like I knew straight up that if I had drank then I probably you probably would have kissed him right yeah probably would have kissed him and I probably would have gone home with him if I'm honest and and then it like, would have given him some bad signals and then mm. even though you knew it was better off as friends it would have just caused the whole drama yeah a hundred percent and it's just like I can just go on like enjoy that experience have a nice time with this guy who's just so lovely and you know having lots of jokes and have a nice meal and everything and then you just kind of don't have to wake up with that regret you can just look back on it as a nice experience rather than just filled with anxiety type thing yeah i was gonna say what is the worst sober date you've ever had have you ever had a bad sober date where the chat just wasn't there and it was just awkward a bad sober date Mm. is when the other person decides that they're gonna get fucked up yeah and that has happened a couple of times has it that hasn't happened to me because i've actually um yeah i've started dating my housemate in um the last month so i've only i only had a few sober dates like over two months kind of thing like maybe four but um but yeah i've never been on a date where the other person gets totally trashed so what what is that like yes it's it's intense it's an intense vibe Mm. (laughs) (laughs) because the first the first question go through your head is they know I'm sober, so what the fuck is wrong with them? Yeah. Um. Or, and then it's kind of, 
um, are they getting drunk because I'm boring mm. or because they, they don't, that, you know, am I, is this not going well? Like I thought it was yeah. going quite well. Uh, and then it's just kind of, it can just get sloppy and it's just, mm. and then you're just babysitting, which is boring. Um, and also it takes away, it takes, as especially as a guy in that situation, it takes away all sense of, okay, this, you know, I might, I don't, I don't even want to kind of kiss him or I don't want to do anything like that mm. because it's I'm I'm sober and there's a drunk girl that 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 is not yeah and that's just not a, a vibe for day yeah. one stuff you just don't want to you don't want to engage and yeah a hundred percent like you don't want to give anyone the wrong idea or you know um I mean all the stories you hear it's just a nightmare yeah <laughs> and it has happened sometimes they'll get drunk and try and kiss me and I'm like I can't I really don't I, it's there's nothing that's turning me on about this situation mm, um <laughs> like not, <laughs> yeah. nothing at all so <laughs> so probably let's just like call it call it a night yeah um, but yeah it's it's quite it's quite hard to tell people that as well they don't get it and they do the classic drunk girl thing which is like oh but you do what am I, am I do you not fancy me am I not pretty enough blah blah, oh, blah. no <laughs> I'm glad I've never had to go through this <laughs> our next question is what do you find most difficult about first date sober so I suppose that sort of um leads into that like if the other person is drinking or getting too drunk I think for me this one would would kind of link back to if the person has no chat or if you kind of um yeah you're just stuck feeling a little bit awkward and and they're not really vibing the whole no drinking thing but yeah I guess was there anything else apart from the other person getting totally shit-faced that you that you find hard it is it is difficult trying to kind of trying to come up with ideas which are fun for both parties. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people, a lot of people, they are, they're so used to let's go for a drink for our first date. Mm-hmm. And and that's just because that's what they're used to. And, you know, they might not, be, they might not be big drinkers or anything, but they need to have that kind of, mm-hmm. that, that safety blanket of having a couple of drinks in them to actually get their full personality out of them. Yeah. So I'm very good, but I, I'm used to it now. I can, I, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and chat all night as if I'm on a bag of gear because it's just, who I am I'm a very chatty person very bubbly person very open person Mm -hmm. drink or no drink whereas I think a lot of people they can be quite shy in real life they can you know they they, they cannot really get into the flow of the date unless they've had a couple of drinks and then sometimes they might feel bad for drinking because I'm not drinking and they don't have the drink and then it turns it you know as you said it can be quite awkward the chat not might be uh, might not be there. Yeah, so it's not even like um, you know, someone getting totally shit faced. It's sort of like if their mind is still on alcohol. I know when I was I was using Hinge a lot in my first couple of months, and you can ask questions on Hinge. So like about your profile, it's sort of like you answer three questions about yourself, and so many people's profiles just related to alcohol straight away, and you'd match with them. And yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, it's it's a, it was yeah. such a pain in the ass because I was kind of like I don't know how to tell you up front that I don't drink, and I feel like I'm lying to you if I don't. So this one guy was like oh um you could come over because it's locked down we could do wine and cheese night and we could watch a movie and I was like oh I'm not drinking at the moment um so I I could just you know do without the wine and he's like oh that's such a shame that we can't do that I'm like bro we can do it like you don't have to have (laughs) the wine (laughs) we can just have the cheese in the movie Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just put it on my Hinge profile, so I'm on Hinge as well, ladies, if you're out there listening. Oh, Angus is on Hinge, um, look out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, do, I I just put it straight up. I say I don't drink. I don't think a lot of people see that, mm. or they just think I'm joking, mm-hmm. because I look like a drinker. Yeah. I look like a, I look like someone who smashes drugs on a regular. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> like an edgy, an edgy Londoner kind of guy. I know the kind of guy you're talking Proper, about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of people, they either think I'm joking or mm-hmm. they just ignore it. But, you know, I think it is the best to be upfront with that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, yeah, leading on from that question about what we find most difficult, what would you say you find easy about a first date when you're sober? Um... There's no bravado. It's just like, mm. I just say, I just kind of talk about myself. I don't, I'm not kind of worried. I think there's a lot of second guessing that goes on when you have a drink mm-hmm. or when the other person's had a drink, um, especially, you know, do, and, and once again, it kind of leads back to that thing. I want someone to fancy my my intellect and my mm-hmm. my personality and want to want to take my personality home, not just have a drink. I don't want that alcohol in them to want to take me home. I want their, their brain to want to take me home. Yeah, definitely. I think you're so right. And you can just sort of be yourself like, and if they like you for you, you know, it's because it's you and it's not just, you know, whatever drugs or alcohol that you've been consuming that night, you know, exactly. that it's for who you are. Yeah. And I think that a first date is very, I think you only have kind of one first date when you're not drinking. Mm. If you're drinking, you can have five first dates with the same person mm-hmm. because you're doing the same thing each time. You're just getting drunk in a pub, mm. not really learning much about each other or what little you are learning about each other, you're forgetting. Then you're taking each other home and then you're probably still feeling a bit like a bit nervous and shy around that person mm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this person? Yeah. If you take someone home sober for the first time, you, you learn a lot of things mm. about that person on the date. You learn a lot about things about that person in bed and then you don't forget them and then it's progress the next time you meet each other. It's not, there's no repeats. If that does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense, and I think that's why. Like I've, you know, I've got nothing against anyone that drinks. Like I've, like I can't talk. I was literally an absolute wreckhead for <laughs> up until a hundred days ago. But yeah. I mean, I think um, yeah. some of the best relationships are, are born out of friendships, and it's because you do spend a lot of time with your friends when you are sober and you can learn about them and learn what they like, what they don't like. And you're right in saying that progress comes from building on those things that you learn about each other. And if if you if you are going out and getting shit face together and just forgetting all of that stuff it's just like starting at day one every time you see each other again exactly cool well our next question is how do you approach a sober first kiss so i've got a little story i can tell about this one which is which is a story (laughs) i wanted to tell um in our story time round but i thought it would yeah fit in a little bit better here so i went to a comedy gig in the first yeah it must have been my second month of being sober and it was in stoke newington at a comedy club there and the host of the comedy club i thought was so funny and just so witty and so cool and so hot I was like you know what this is the new Mads and if I was drinking I would go ask him out but fuck it I'm I'm sober and I'm just gonna go and do it so I went up to him I said hey I think you're really cool would you want to go out with me can I give you my number and he was like wow yeah awesome that's so good I was like by the way I don't drink and I'm not gonna drink if we hang out and I hope that's fine he was like so you're doing this sober I was like yep this is how it, this is what's happening. He was just like, that's incredible. Wow. And he was so impressed and I just felt so good about myself. And anyway, we ended up going for like a lunchtime date at Flatiron in Shoreditch. So I just walked down there. We had a little hour, um, hour date, like between our lunch breaks on work. And then at the end of the date, I was thinking, oh, I really, really want to kiss this guy, but I just don't know. Like, I don't know if, you know, if, if he's enjoyed the date and it was the middle of the day, we were on the street and he just, he just grabbed me and then um yeah started kissing me in broad daylight we were both sober and honestly i have to say it was one of the most magical kisses i've ever had it's fucking hot yes it? it was so <laughs> hot because i was just like he it's... actually likes me for my conversation and my brain and like my jokes and i was yeah it was, i mean it didn't work out lol but you know it was amazing <laughs> like <laughs> 
Sorry to the new boyfriend if you're listening. Yeah, well, you know what. <laughs> but you've never kissed her like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so it was just, um, yeah, and it went on. I, I practically skipped home. I was listening to all these, like, happy songs. I skipped home. I'm like, I, honestly, I've never had a first kiss like that. And I think, yeah, just you just have to kind of go for it. Like, he, we hugged and then it, he just, like, grabbed my face and went for it. And I, I love that. I just think the confidence of it all is, like, how can you say no, you know? Yeah, I. Um, it took me a long time to get to that place. Really? I mean, you're the boy, though, so I'm the boy now. is expected to lead. Yeah, but no, I mean, it took me a long time to get to work up the courage to, you know, back in the day, I would, I would kiss anyone. <laughs> <laughs> with, no, with no kind of no no second thought I'd be like fuck it I'm gonna kiss you and then just yeah. kiss them um but there was always I was always kind of propelled by drugs mm. and alcohol um but do, becoming that confident because there is a whole lot of second guessing like do they want to kiss me what if I kiss them are they gonna mm-hmm. fucking are they gonna reject me whereas before if you're drunk you don't really care yeah. about that um you just kind of go for it and it does give you you know what they call yep. Dutch courage but I I've had I spent I've spent a long time kind of pondering my being on a date and going oh fuck I wish I'd kissed her then or should I kiss her now or going home and going I never kissed her what the fuck what are you doing with yourself Angus you idiot but I say just go for it man I, I think living with blokes as well because I live with two straight guys and they um yeah the the turmoil that follows when you don't kiss a girl and then we come home and me and Molly are both living here like oh my god did you kiss her and he's like no I got scared like do you think that's okay and we're like I can't believe you didn't <laughs> kiss her she's gonna think you don't like her and like just seeing you guys obsess about it I'm like I didn't realize that guys actually thought about it this much oh mate it is stress <laughs> it's not stress but you know there was honestly it was like three or four months of my life I was like fucking because I was so used to as well kind of so this is we're going a little bit off tangent but I I was so used to kind of having sex whilst on something Mm. um that I kind of started second guessing my my sexual prowess as well and I was like fuck what if I'm rubbish in bed now because I'm sober what if you know, what if I don't last long enough? And and honestly, that became a real, like, I had a real a, a kind of an episode. <laughs> yeah, like a complex about it. I went, mm. so I went, I went kind of um, celibate for six weeks because yeah. I was just like, I need to fucking, I need to get, I need to restart this mm-hmm. whole, I didn't sleep with anyone for about six weeks and it, it's, now it's worked itself back out. But um yeah, if you're if you're thinking about going sober and that happens, it's normal. It's so normal. <laughs> the first show, sober shag is terrifying. Honestly, it's so. I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's either going to be like amazing, magical, whatever. If you're with someone you really like, but I think it can easily be really clunky, really unorganized, quite awkward. Like, I mean, it, it, it all. I mean, it's like the same as drunk shags. Like, it's it depends on how much you like the person yeah. and how how well you know them and everything. But yeah, it's it's terrifying. <laughs> So our final question that's been sent through from one of our listeners is, do you think the trajectory of a relationship is faster or slower when you're not drinking? I would say it's 100% faster. Definitely, definitely faster. Because of what I said earlier, you know, each date mm-hmm. is is a step forward. Each time you see that person is a step forward. It's not, you know, it can even it can even just be like a hookup, like a, a booty call. Don't get me wrong, I've had sober booty calls. But there's always some progress and there's always a, a kind of a progression towards a, a deeper relationship even you, you know kind of even if that mm. you, you know if you're not you're not trying to have a relationship with someone you can be accidental and you just you know yeah. the next thing you know you spent 10 days with someone out of 
out of a few, you know, out of, out of a few months. But those 10 days mm-hmm. are memorable. You remember all of it. You remember the conversations you have. You have deep, meaningful conversations about politics and fucking religion and life. And 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 you just, yeah, you could like, if you click with someone, yeah, you will just talk about mad shit with them. Definitely. I think um, with that comedian that I went on a few dates with, it escalated so quickly. I think because we'd been, we'd been out for dinner and been out for drinks like five, or well, not drinks, but like sober drinks, like five times. And, and it's sort of, yeah, you're right. Like every time you hang out, it's so memorable. And, you know, you, you yeah. sort of, feel and remember the ins and outs of, of, of everything that happened and we just kind of ended up like hanging out at each other's houses and like hanging out after work together and stuff because there's not your life's not built around going out and getting shit-faced and you're never hung over so you can do those morning things and yeah they're the best yeah I think the trajectory of yeah relationships is definitely a lot steeper when um you're not drinking purely because you yeah those connections are so much more real and as you said you don't have to go back to day one every time um you're hanging out wicked <laughs> Well, that was all of our questions and you've been an absolutely amazing guest to have on the podcast. This is a really special podcast for me and obviously um, quite a vulnerable one for me as well because I, I'm still, I'm still, you know, on my baby deer legs with this whole sober thing. But um, yeah, is there is there a note you wanted to leave it on for the listeners um, now that we're wrapping up? So I think it's a good timing. So it's January. I think a lot of people like to jump on the kind of the, the dry Jan wave and and um and I, I would always actively encourage that. But one thing that I would say, so you you did a, a 100 days, didn't you? That's how it started for you. Yeah, 100 days. So I think 100 days is the exact amount of time that you need in order to feel the full benefits of not drinking. Um, I've done dry jam two or three times mm-hmm. before in my life and it always ended either a couple of days early or it ended on the last day with me going out and getting fucked up. And... I don't think the the period of time is long enough to really unlock the kind of the mental health and and the well being that that mm-hmm. not drinking provides. So, but I, but three months. So I, I remember on my mm-hmm. three month anniversary, I just felt like a whole kind of a, a change in in my thinking around booze. And I know a lot of people out there will have you know they start drinking when they're thirteen, fourteen, and haven't stopped drinking ever since mm-hmm. then. Um, and I would just challenge people mm-hmm. to do do a hundred days, do three months sober. And I guarantee you, you will learn things about yourself you didn't even know existed. You, you'll, you'll kind of, you'll really understand yeah. your personality in positions where normally you'd be drunk, you'd be making decisions drunk, and now you, you don't have that to fall back on. So mm-hmm. you have to actually understand the decisions that you make. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'll leave it on that. Yeah. Good luck to everyone. And if not, carry on, but respect people who don't drink on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's the main thing. Don't put the pressure on. I'm ter- I was terrible for this. I have to admit, I think I went out with a, um, a sober guy once and I was one of those girls that got absolutely trashed. But don't do a me. Please respect the no drinking. Yeah, and maybe <laughs> maybe try, you know, even if you don't want to stop drinking for a, a dry jan or even for the 100 days, just do a sober date and see what it's like. Yeah, love that. Do a sober date and see what it's like. All right, that is a fantastic note to leave it on and you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much, Angus. Thanks for having me. Woo, bye. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Angus. Please let me know on my Instagram. It's at madsworld.mp3 if you've got any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Again, some of this content in today's episode may have been potentially triggering and I put some support services in the episode description. Love and elbow taps. Peace.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.